0: Hey everyone, it's Ben. One of our running inside jokes for the past several months is our infamous Green Day Dookie episode that you're about to listen to. We actually recorded this episode in January in the hopes of releasing the episode on February 1st to coincide with Dookie's 25th anniversary. I wasn't entirely happy with some of the edits, so I shelved it in place of editing the Wilco episode, and then I just never got around to finishing the editing. One of the things that makes producing this podcast fun for me is the fact that though Wayne and I can agree on a lot of music, we also differ very strongly on our musical loves. Wayne is more the hard rock and punk rock guy, and I am most definitely more of the Americana and melodic indie music kind of guy. So when Wayne kept bringing up the fact that I'm not punk rock enough, including on this episode... I figured what better way to show him that I am punk rock than by not finishing the editing just to piss him off. Well, I finished the editing in March, but by then it was our inside joke about what episode would be released next. And just to further to piss Wayne off, I kept telling him that the next episode that would be posted would be the Green Day episode. Now it's mid-May, and after getting a few responses from our listeners to release the Dookie, well, here it is. And I would apologize for the delay of this, but apologizing and saying sorry doesn't seem like a very punk rock thing to do. So, you know the intro music. Here it is, and thanks for listening. dedicated to the magic of music i'm your dj your mc the host on the east coast i'm ben montgomery joining me is the man who bites his lips and closes his eyes because he's taken away to paradise here's my co-host from the left coast here's wayne fugate hola ben i mean so um i uh i could have gone with like sometimes wayne gives me the creeps (laughs) <laughs> um, but I, I went with that one instead, you know, nothing like starting out an episode right out of the gate, talking about, um, touching yourself. I guess that's my, uh, that's my inner beavis coming out on the, on this episode as well. Oh, and Green Day plays right into that. I think their inner beavis was not inner. I think it was their outer beavis. So the premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each of our podcasts, we ask the all important question. What t-shirt are you wearing? The classic a uh, classic misfits.
1: Just the uh, big skull face or ghost face, whatever it is. Uh,
0: misfits t-shirt. Okay. You're you're playing right into the conversation that I know we're gonna have about who's punk and who's not punk. Is it is this is, it, is this your uh, is this your dig at me? It's not, it's
1: not I you know what I, I tried I looked through my clo- my closet and tried to find the most Punk shirt I have. Not that anything you buy at Hop Topic is not is really not (laughs) punk, but uh, the Misfits
0: are. No matter what you do, they are. They are. Well, so playing, I played right into your to this conversation. So I am wearing uh, a new addition to the collection. Uh, The wife and I saw Matt Nathanson um, at the Beecham in Orlando just a, a short week ago. And uh, it's one of the few artists that my wife and I can agree on a really great show. He did the, uh, he did the wheel of obscure songs, kind of took a note out of Elvis Costello's book from a few years ago and um, just a really fun concert, but yeah, this plays right into the the conversation that you and I had earlier in the week because I said, all right, so we're we're getting ready to do this episode to celebrate Green Day's Dookie's 25th anniversary. This was definitely your pick because I I will uh I will freely admit this. I'm just I've never been able to get into Green Day not not that I hate them because like if if their songs come on the radio or whatnot i'll I'll listen um and i i enjoy some of some of their songs, but i'm not I'm not a huge fan, and I even said that to you where i'm like look i i'm I don't know why I'm not a green day fan like it doesn't it just doesn't play into my sensibilities, and what was your reaction to that?
1: But anybody, anybody whose favorite record is "Rumors" by Fleetwood Mac is not punk rock.
0: And then my rebuttal to that was, well, my second favorite album of all time is "London Calling" by the Clash.
1: And you can like the Clash and not be punk. Maybe.
0: I mean, oh, it, well, you you prove that it, you definitely can. <laughs> uh, yeah, and. And look, the the Clash is one of my go-to bands. Like when I feel like I need to kind of reconnect to my roots, I will pull out London Calling. And to and to that end, like I I can freely admit that I'm not, I am not I don't think my my roots are punk. Like I I do like some bands that have very punkish sensibilities. I mean, we just did, we just did the episode on the police rooted in punk mentality, sensibilities. You know that I was a huge police fan back in the day. I still am a huge replacements fan. Um, you know, and, and I will still go back and listen to some of my old black flag records as well. So I do have some of those sensibilities, but yeah, I, I would probably freely admit that I am not, I'm not a punk. But, but to that end, considering how popular Dookie became, I mean, this is, a, this is an album that has sold over 20 million copies worldwide. And that to me doesn't really tell me this is punk.
1: Well, not only that, their, their previous, their last independent release, uh, Kerplunk, sold 70 without any distribution. I mean, their popularity was outgrowing the small punk scene. And just as part of research for this, I watched, uh, I re- I remember watching it when it came out, but I watched the Behind the Music uh, on Green Day, uh, the VH1 yeah. special on YouTube. And uh, that's that East Bay punk scene, it's all... You know what? It's ridiculous. I mean, they had a couple of talking heads on there that reminded me of the punk version of Sean Hannity where they seem to have all these rules and you can't do this and this is what punk is. And you know what? Their music became too accessible. I think one thing that hurt them is when, when little kids are wearing your shirt and going to your concerts, it's pretty hard to be punk much after that. But uh, right, that's where, they, that's where their roots are from. I mean, they still... I and mean, when they came out, they were you know, naughty little obnoxious, um, you know, wouldn't behave in front of a camera, just like the Sex Pistols. I mean, John Lydon had some rant about Green Day and how they weren't punk, but John Lydon's not punk anymore. He's just an asshole and he doesn't own the, the, you know, his band was manufactured like a boy band by Malcolm McLaren. absolutely,
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I mean, I think there's more to punk than than the name or a style of music. We've discussed that before. I mean, the Clash are very political, and I, I I'm sure they you know they stood behind what they what they believed in, but they still signed a major label. I mean, I yep. mean, a rancid was East Bay, and nobody's nobody seemed to give them as much crap as they did Green Day, and they they signed to a major label. So
0: it's because they didn't sell twenty million <laughs> copies worldwide of Dookie. I mean, Rancid <laughs> rancid never became that accessible. Uh, uh, but I
1: would put, I, and Out Come the Wolves against anything. That's a great record.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get into some some bio info before we jump into the track. So one of the reasons why we chose this, um, actually, well, I, I gave you a list of all of the, the, the really important records that I thought. Um, and a few n- not so important records that are celebrating their 25th anniversary this year. Dookie was released on February 1st. Uh, we were trying to we were trying to get to some of these so that we would release the episodes on their uh, on their release date. Um, this became kind of a running joke with us <laughs> that uh, we just couldn't ever get our crap together to finish our episode notes on Dookie. Part of that, I think Ooh, is pun intended. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so uh, upon this release, it did peak at number two on the Billboard 200. The the, the singles from the album, we'll talk about that as we go through um, the hit single basket case that entered the top 10 in the, the UK and Sweden and was huge in the US. That... Uh, that also led to the album receiving a uh, Grammy award for best alternative music album. Um, they, they didn't win. Uh, do you, do do you call what one trying to remember what, uh, what won that year, or maybe they did win. Did they win that? I thought they did win. As
1: I'm looking at your, uh, the other nominees, I'm pretty sure that they did. Yeah, win.
0: you're right. I, man, I, I see this is this is what I'm talking about I really botched the the episode notes for this all right other nominees included Tori Amos under the pink crash test dummies God shuffled his feet really that was nominated for a Grammy uh Sarah McLaughlin fumbling towards ecstasy fantastic album we're gonna have to revisit that one of these days I know you're probably gonna pass on I uh, probably have to get somebody else to be on that episode with me that's not how I that- do it I I'm I'm I I do every
1: rec, rec record that you invite me to do just cuz you won't let me Wil, uh, Wilco Love Fest with you or
0: Now that's or who's now, the other guy Who's Anetta That's that's, that, Neta back that's in not here. true Uh I, for the Wilco we did invite you but I knew that I knew that you were not going to get any words in Edgewise So um oh and the the other nominee 9 inch nails the downward spiral um So those were your nominees for that year. Should we we just jump into the, uh, into the album or just Uh, one?
1: I'm going to, I want, I want to mention one thing about the title Dookie. Obviously we all from being little kids know what Dookie is. Uh, Apparently the inspiration came from the fact that out on tour in that Ford Econoline bus, you know, when 17, 18 year olds, ate a lot of spoiled food and had a horrible diarrhea which they called liquid dookie and they wanted to call the, they wanted to tie They wanted to call the album liquid dookie and the record company said, absolutely (laughs) not. Uh, So they went with, so they cut the, they, they, they shortened it to dookie.
0: I thought maybe if they would have stayed with the liquid dookie, I would have given them a little more punk cred. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Maybe not you you can't sell liquid dookie i'm sorry <laughs> all right let's jump into it so first uh first track on the album this is burnout I jingled, I
2: don't care, no.
0: So this is definitely trying to convey the punk sentiment of the I'm bored and everything sucks. Um, You know, Spotify didn't have this listed as explicit lyrics, and that's even with them talking about dragging my feet to hit the street tonight to drive along this uh, S town lights. Um, And so kind of in keeping with the theme of the song, I don't really care if Spotify doesn't put this as explicit, explicit lyrics. Um, I do like the sped up part of the ending but it only goes on for about six seconds and look we've we've had this conversation multiple times on the podcast of I want to see a song uh, the the lead song on any record that kind of sets the tone for the record this kind of does it for me but it's just not it's not as catchy as some of the other songs on the album and um, it's just kind of middle of the road for me. Um, I, I gave this a five and like I said it it uh, it just didn't really do a whole lot for me. I, what, what what are your thoughts on this particular song? I, and I, I gave
1: it a five also I agree. I, I believe that it's a good song for the opening tracks. There's probably two or three. there's a lot of songs on here that have this a very similar. I mean, this is, there's a lot, like three, three chords in a cloud of dust. Um, but this one comes out of the gate. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of those songs that has the machine gun drum. Trey cool doesn't get enough credit as a drummer. I like to say, I think this band clearly would have, they'd still be playing small clubs in the East Bay if they hadn't met him. Um, that's when their career took off and, uh, he's, he's phenomenal, but I can say with, when they're all three playing, uh, these fast, you know, these very high tempo, classic punk rock songs. Um, but you're, I agree, this one, the, as far as the lyrics, it's definitely about, a cla- you know, that classic boredom. Like you say, life sucks, this is stupid. Um, but it comes out of the gate, at least it, gets yeah. them out of the and gate. It, and I think
0: that, that it does set the tone for, um, you're going to hear a lot of this, I'm bored and everything sucks throughout the throughout the album. I think that if there is any theme to this album, that is definitely it. Everything sucks.
1: Well, and I will say too is I, I never really got into their lyrics. I've always liked Green Day. I think they I think they they evolved um, from here like with each album and got better and better. But uh, there's a little more of uh, she done me wrong than I would have thought. But after I after diving into this record a little more in depthly,
0: and and that will definitely contribute to the everything sucks mentality, won't it?
1: Well, when she does you wrong, that's, that's how you feel.
0: That's it. All right, moving on. Here's the second track. This is Having a, having a Blast. To up
2: my Nothing's gonna change my mind. I won't listen to anyone's last words. There's nothing left for you to say. Soon you'll be dead, Eddie.
0: What do, you want to, what do you want to say on this? I don't have a whole lot to say. Other than uh,
1: I, I... This is definitely she done me wrong, and I tie, I strapped dynamite to myself, and I'm gonna go blow up a bunch of people in, you know, to make myself, you know, not feel this anymore. I don't know if this song could be written today. No, I don't know if the if I think it would have been uh, pulled by the label, um, but I also never had realized that until listening to the lyrics or until reading the lyrics and seeing that. Uh, this is about a broken heart that, he, that, he, that he's
0: taken a little too far. And, and I like that about the lyrics. Not, not necessarily that you're blowing yourself up, but I like the lyrics from the standpoint of the irony of the title is having a blast. It seems like we're having a great time. Uh, no, the blast is you are <laughs> strapping yourself to dynamite and blowing yourself up so double entendre i like the double entendres um this song though i do like that that imagery doesn't do a whole lot for me i i gave this a four so it's it's not a real strong song on the album to me i gave it a seven i feel in the sense of
1: with burnout and having a blast um i, I i'd have to flip through my notes but there's there's probably a good seven six or seven songs on here that the scores could have been interchangeable they're very similar in structure yeah uh three chords in a cloud of dust and off we go fast paced all of us playing at once um, i think they really shine on the on the ones where they 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 break it up a little bit and do a little bit of a different you know so a little some a few different things on it but yeah this one it could have easily gotten a five or a six or a four
0: yeah and Here's the here's the funny part of this particular song. So it does have some co vocals to it, which usually usually I like the harmony stuff. I mean that that was one of, that was one of the things that that you know really appealed to me over the years of listening to Alice in Chains was you know that contrast of Jerry and Lane. I think the co vocals for most of these songs just don't really work for me because. Um, the, their voices just really don't blend well together. Like I I really veer towards the songs where Billy Joe is really he's really manning the 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 front vocals and I I don't know maybe that's 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 part of why I gave this a lower score is the the co-vocal thing didn't didn't really work for me here.
1: Yeah, this it, I noticed I know and I it, it I noticed it come out on this one and that's what made me think is you really don't hear backing vocals in many of their songs, especially on this record. There's very little back background vocals. Um, and so it does, it, you do notice it right away when, I mean, Mike, Mike Durnt doesn't have a particularly uh, uh, attractive voice, which to, is, a, is a compliment to uh, Trey Cool because his voice is horrible. I can't believe they let that guy sing even on a hidden track. <laughs> That should not have happened. Well,
0: uh, hold, hold that thought, because <laughs> because I think because <laughs> oh, we'll I, get there because I think we'll both of us are going to have some major criticism on that particular <laughs> song. All right, uh, third song on the album. This That's is awesome. Chump. Uh, for me, I like the slowed down part of the song with the bass riff. I think without it, the song would have just been a, a typical under two minute long song. And, you know, to, to your point earlier about the punk drumming towards the, the ending. Very cool. I did like that part. I think if I had heard this song in 94, I may have bought this album because of this song. I, I did really dig this. I... I kind of recall that i may have heard this album in its entirety back in 94 but i never bought a a green day album like i don't i don't own a green day album in my collection you know how extensive my collection is um i may have bought this album had i heard this particular song i i have all of green day stuff but i have not technically bought any of it
1: um (laughs) it's all well that's punk 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 rock rock. right
0: yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely
1: Wow. Uh, I love the sentiment on this. This one is uh, they, they did a, a little bit different, but it still stays, stays fairly true to their form. But I like the sentiment. Like he says, "I don't even know you. I've never met you, but you know what? I know you stole my girl, and I'm I'm not happy yeah. about it." That's that's punk, right? I think. Yeah, well, self-deprecating. You know, calls himself dumb. Kind of blames it on himself, but does keeps a, keeps his eye on this guy too. You know.
0: I did not do a deep dive on the lyrics. I guess maybe I should have to, 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 seen that sentiment, but all right. Uh, what score are you giving this? I gave it a 10. I, I, like I say,
1: they did do a little bit, some, a little, they had a little change of tempo and a little more, I don't know if you'd call them solos, but there's definitely parts where they're, they kind of highlight in each, each other, whether it be on the drums or the bass or the guitar and, uh, and like I say, I
0: like the sentiment, so I gave All it a right. 10. I gave it a 9, so I think we're, uh, we're we're right there. Next up is the song on the album that I guess I'm probably going to have to use the clown horn to censor the song. I mean, uh, there there is definitely a radio edit to this. Spotify doesn't throw radio edits on it, so I think I'm going to have to do the clown horn. This will be the first time I've ever had to do a clown horn to a clip, because usually the clown horn is because you and your potty mouth, but... Um, now I'm gonna have to gonna have to do the clown horn on Billy. Alright, here we go. This is Longview.
2: i sit around and watch the tub-
0: would be the first single off the album it did hit number one on the modern rock chart peaked at number 13 on the main chart uh this was nominated for a grammy for best hard rock performance do you know who they lost out to jethro (laughs) tall no no but get 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 this for the nominees for best hard rock performance these are all awesome songs ready alice in chains i stay away Beastie Boy, Sabotage, Pearl Jam's Go, and Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun. Any idea which of those nominees? Uh, Black Hole Sun. Black Hole Sun, absolutely. And uh, rest Which is them. a travesty
1: in and of itself, because Sabotage is... Probably one of the top 10 best songs ever in the world.
0: Well, you know, you are the, uh, you are the BC boys shill in this conversation. <laughs> and, uh, you know how I feel about Chris Cornell. He was, uh, he was my second, oh, he was yeah, my second, absolutely. he was my second man crush ever. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely would have given this to, uh, to, to Chris and the boys. Um, what else we What else we want to say about Longview? I mean, this was a song that play got so much play, and I think deservingly so. I mean
1: this this is what this captures boredom. I mean they 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 connect the slow and fast parts and really create a lot of. It was a great video. It created a ton of imagery on its own. I think this song is the reason that they that they're still around. This is a very well written song. Um, and like I said, that bass riff, apparently the bass riff uh, Mike Durant wrote uh, while taking LSD, which whatever works, man, do it. And uh, I love the we. I, I think I got to give it a special nod just for the fact that it's called Longview. And the reason they named it Longview is the first place they ever played it live was Longview, Washington.
0: Really? I had no idea on that. That's 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 funny. You've been to Longview? Uh, several times. There is- not much in Longview like uh, hopefully my my cousins uh, Jeremy and Jason are listening to this they can they can chime in because they grew up for the most part in Longview up until uh, I'm trying to remember what at what point but um, yeah you, if if you don't have that mentality of life really sucks then you haven't lived in Longview Washington and my apologies if, I, if there's any listeners from Longview um, you can, you can chime in and tell me that I'm wrong, but man, that place sucks.
1: Yeah. If, if you're don't work in a paper mill or drive a logging truck, it's probably not,
0: probably not a lot no, to do. No. All right. Uh, what score are you giving this? This is my favorite song on the album. I gave it a 15. Right. I give us I give this a 10. Um, but yeah, it definitely listening to this definitely transports me back to 1994. Cause you could not go anywhere without hearing this and if you listen or if you watched mtv y- you could just watch 20 minutes of mtv and you probably would have seen it twice <laughs> at least once but yeah if you did you
1: have to switch to mtv2 at this point were they still playing videos I think, on mtv i, I don't 94? think there
0: was a, a two at that point but yeah that's uh def- definitely the case All right, uh, next song is the second single off the album. This is Welcome. You know what I thought was interesting on this? So we talked about Longview was a uh, a mainstream song that hit number 13, was number one on the modern chart. This didn't chart on the main chart. Like it hit number seven on the modern rock chart, but it didn't even hit on the U.S. main chart, which I thought was kind of interesting. Is it is this song really too hard for the the mainstream i don't think so
1: i was surprised i don't remember hearing it. i thought it was a single i thought it was the fourth single i didn't i thought basket case came out after this i'm maybe i did, just didn't keep track but this is i know the one song from their independent days um that they re-recorded um this and i know he, he said he lived in i know it mentions Living, in, living on the streets um, in Oakland or the East Bay. And um, at the time he wrote the song, he was living in, above a
0: brothel. Okay. Uh, I, I did see some, some info on this. He says, uh, Billy said about the song, uh, it's about West Oakland, living in a warehouse with a lot of people, a bunch of artists, musicians, punks and whatever just lived all up and down, bums and junkies and thugs and gang members and stuff that just lived in the area. It's no place you want to walk around at night, but it's a neat warehouse where you can play basketball and stuff. So, yeah, that sounds like paradise, doesn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. This is a great road song, too. This is one of the songs like um, road trips. I always make sure this is in there. This just has
0: a a very uh, windows down, stereo cranked up feel to me. So uh, I give this a 14. This is my second favorite song on the album. Um, What you got for a score on this? I give it an eight whoa okay so so how come this this gets a little bit lower than uh where i've got i i would have thought Uh, going back to our conversation about the the punkish sensibilities this felt more like a punk song to me but maybe it maybe i'm just completely misreading this
1: no i i i just it it falls in line with you know having a blast and burnout and and a couple of you know FOD it just I didn't find anything special about it I mean I'd say it is a great song and it's you know it's towards I guess towards the middle of a 15 song record but I just I don't I didn't find anything about it special I mean okay there's the, the songs that I have ranked above it I think they did different things or had different themes or there was you know some some deeper meaning to that 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 you when you uncover it it kind of Boosted the song up for me. This one was pretty straight up.
0: Gotcha. All right. Let's move on. This is uh pulling team. say this the beginning almost sounds kind of like a husker do song or two but then it slows down and then it no longer is um a husker do song but but at least the the start of it feels like a husker do song or maybe am i just reading way too much into that because this week i've been listening a lot to the new bob mold album
1: (laughs) uh no i i i I get what you're saying i mean uh I, i hear you
0: And don't and don't we all know a woman like the one described in the song?
1: Well and I dug like I say, I was trying to find, you know, you said I gotta carry this episode, so I'm trying to I'm watching behind the music, I'm looking at the (laughs) lyrics for every song. This is dark, this is Kathy Bates misery, like I think he's trapped captive by this you know, being physically abused and and restrained.
0: I better if you look at the lyrics. It's, it's, yeah, it's creepy. And I think, yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never known a chick like that. I was getting ready to, to, to say some of the lyrics. I better tell her that I love her before she does it all over again. Oh God, she's killing me. So, yeah. So, uh, good, good, good thing. Uh, good thing I don't know any of the, these women still in my life. So that's, that, that, that's a good thing. All right. Um, so I give this kind of a high score. I gave this a, I gave this a 13. This was one that I kept listening to, you know, as I'm going through the, through the record and maybe I'm giving this a little bit higher score because I wasn't completely familiar with this song. So I think kind of going back to what we've done on a few episodes where we're just like, I'm kind of overhearing that song. So this was new to me. So I give this a 13. How, how about you? What's your score? I gave it an 11. I, I, kind of flip-flopped with uh, the next
1: song and this song and 11 or 12, but I really like it. I think this one also kind of, it's kind of slightly outside of that that uh, standard, you know, two-minute song that they write. And like I say, the lyrics, <laughs> once I read the lyrics and thought, oh my God, he's being held hostage.
0: <laughs> uh, Kathy Bates is going to hobble him. I gave him I gave, I gave my 11. Right.
2: Sometimes my mind plays streaks on me. It all keeps setting up. I think I'm crazy up. And I'm just paranoid. I'm just stop?
0: I went to This was the third single one. off of the album. This got them back to number one on the modern rock charts. This was also a, uh, another... Top 10 hit on the the, the main chart. So this, this uh, peaked at number nine on the main chart. Um, so Billy Joe would say that Basket Case is about his struggle with anxiety. Before he was diagnosed with a panic disorder years afterward, he thought he was going crazy. And he commented that at the time, the only way I could know what the hell was going on was to actually write a song about it. And later, in 2017, Armstrong said of the song In Rolling Stone, he says it's an anthem for weirdos. It's about losing your mind. And most people have had that experience. And I will say yes, Billy Joe. Yes. All right. What do you you have to say about uh, Basket Case?
1: And the song is definitely about mental illness. Um, I believe the video was even shot in an abandoned uh, mental institution. Um, uh, but I, the one thing I found interesting looking at some of the, you know, I, obviously internet pages, Wikipedia and whatnot, is that this is kind of the first. I never heard that the whore was a was a he. I don't know why, but I guess I never did. Um, but that kind of plays into a song that's coming up later, where he has some some uh, some some feelings on uh, you know his his own sexuality, questioning his own sexuality. Did
0: not uh, did not hear that. All right. Um, I will say the one thing I really like about this song is how he says melodramatic. <laughs> yeah, you
1: just draw it out.
0: Yeah, melodramatic fools. Anyways, that's uh. That's the one thing that I, I really dig about this song. Um, anything else on on Basket Case? No, this was definitely a, a alternative this, radio staple back in '95 or so. Huge, yeah, huge. All right, I give this a twelve. I also gave it a twelve. Ooh, matching matching twelves. All right. Um, I'm just looking at the average scores right now. This is gonna be uh, this is gonna be an interesting interesting uh. Final scoring. All right. Um, Side two. So this is She... (laughs) as the fifth and final single this was written by billy joe about a former girlfriend who showed him a feminist poem with an identical title uh in return he wrote the lyrics for she showed them to her and then she dumped him moved to ecuador and um yeah so it's not uh probably not one of those really happy songs for him anymore Um, this is one of the few green day singles that did not have a music video. I think, uh, by the time, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about it when we talk about when I come around, but, uh, I think people were finally experiencing a little green day burnout by the time that this got released as a single, this peaked at number 18 on the U S main chart and, um, dropped to number five on the alternative chart. Anything you want to chat about on She? Well, this
1: is the same girl from Trump and Sassafras Roots. And I think she has another appearance, um, if not on this record, but on others. But yeah, um, she was an ardent feminist and a big uh, one of the people who, you know, you sign a major label, you're no longer a punk. And uh, I guess, but she went to Ecuador, she joined the Peace Corps. But uh, yeah, she there was something I read where she was never very impressed with him. They went on, they went out for quite a while, on and off. Um, but she's the inspiration for a lot of the songs on American Idiot too. Um, uh, What's her name? And uh, gosh, I can't recall. But there's a there's a couple others. But she's uh, she, she's a, a, actually a big part of Green Day. <laughs> And the only name I could they could they only mention her first name which I believe
0: was Amanda. Okay. So, how many how many ex-girlfriends prompt some of the greatest songs ever written? <laughs> I believe ex-girlfriends
1: are probably the greatest inspiration in rock and Absolutely. roll. Actually, probably in art.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I'm just going to lay this out there. This is my favorite song off the album. I'm giving this a 15
1: yeah well i think we might have the the winner i gave this a 13 it's a very uh i i I like this song a lot this is a very fine, it's a fine song it's a
0: fine song absolutely all right and um moving on next song sassafras roots Mention the song title "Sassafras Roots" within the song itself. I don't no. think they did. I, I yeah, there's no way they did. How would you rhyme I, that with anything? I t- really, t- I I don't know, and I'm not about to attempt it. Um, all right, so this goes back to your uh, your comment about being, uh, you know, being inspired to write a song about an ex, and Poor Billy and Pilly Joe. I mean, uh, well, I'm a waste like you with nothing else to do. May I waste your time too. That's really the sentiment of, of, uh, this song. Now I had to look up what a sassafras root was. That's the only
1: thing I didn't do. I looked up the lyrics. I, I got all that information on the ex girl. Uh, but I did not look up what a sassafras root is. I can't believe that.
0: All right. Well, you you looked up stuff about the songs. I looked up stupid crap about sassafras. So (laughs) here we go. Medicinally, sassafras has been applied to insect bites and stings to relieve symptoms. The roots often are dried and steeped for a tea, and sassafras formerly was used as a flavoring in root beer. The pleasant-tasting oil of sassafras comes from the roots and the root bark and sassafras is actually no longer considered safe for human consumption so the saffron oil that was part of this this sassafras is no longer included in the fda's approved list so they currently pro- uh, prohibit sassafras bark oil and saffron oil as flavorings or food additives and the FDA has actually banned sassafras. They banned it in, in 1979 when they saw research that showed that it caused cancer in rats. And, you know, usually when I think of great love songs, I think about products that are known to cause cancer in rats, right? But I, I will say that, you know, knowing that now
1: and when you put that in context of this song, this shows uh, – this is a, this kid had – Talent. I mean, th- that's great. That's it. It. What a what a metaphor for this relationship. I. It, it's helpful. It tastes great, or whatever. But it's killing me. <laughs> uh, that's that. I not. I wish I had known that because that is brilliant, and I I, I. I love this song. Um, I, this uh, fourteen. This is my second favorite song. I thought they had a different pace and a different kind of cadence on this song that showed that they could do more than just that. That two minutes. Uh, you know three chords and a machine gun drums yeah. uh, uh i really like this song and like i say now knowing that i find it even more brilliant this might have this it, it i don't know that it could have eclipsed longview because i really like that song but i if i'd have known that in advance it might have
0: and and who hasn't been in a in a a, a relationship oh, sh- <laughs> i have had my share of roots. So i'll tell you that <laughs> absolutely all right uh moving on So, this is uh, When I Come Around. This is another one of the singles. Everybody knows this song too. So, here we go. This was one of the most successful alternative rock songs of 95. So this, this definitely had some staying power. This album had staying power because uh, this was the number one song in early 95. On the modern charts, this hit number two on the main chart. So the highest peaking up to that point. Um, I haven't looked at their entire catalog, but up to that point, that was their highest charting. On the regular chart, best single selling single of, of the nineteen nineties for them was probably "Good Riddance," but I didn't do the I didn't do the deep dive on that. But I have to assume that "Good Riddance" is probably um, their their highest charting single of the nineties. Anything you want to say about when I come around, other than oh my gosh, uh, this was everywhere. Oh uh, yeah, and I think that that did. I watched the video again and I
1: listened to it and looked at the lyrics and I, I trying to figure out why is my score on this so low? Because I don't remember it fondly because, because <laughs> it got, it got overplayed and it was towards the, I believe, did you, was this the last single they released or the towards I mean, but they had been out for a while. It was time for some new stuff. And this, that video all was played the all the time. The song was played all the time and it did, it did have – plus, you know what? When I looked at the lyrics, um, he's almost flipped it kind of – I mean, this is supposedly written about the woman that he that he ended up marrying, um, who he's still married to today, I believe. Um, and I don't know if he was just trying to, to convince himself that he was okay with it, but, I mean, he's kind of flipped the – and usually his lyrics are, oh, I'm pathetic and terrible, and I don't know why you love me or you should love me anyway. And this one was kind of flipped around like – you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm out there having a good time. Don't you wish you were here with me or you'll be there when I come around. So I don't know if maybe that had something to do with it too, but this thing was, Oh, this
0: thing got overplayed. So Uh, what was, so based off of that, what's your, what's your score that you're giving it a six. See, I gave it, I gave it an eight and I ballpark. Yeah. And, and, I, I think that has something to do with it is that it just got played so much. Like it's a, it's a good enough song. It's I, I, I get why it was popular, but man, I just, I really got tired of it. And there there are certain songs that I've listened to thousands of times where I just, I don't get sick of it. I did get sick of this song. No, I, yeah, I agree i' i'm I'm gonna guess that this is probably not going to make our top five and we're probably gonna get scrutinized by green Day fans because of that and bring it I guess I don't I don't know yeah. I'm not scared of you yeah that that's that's us putting on our punk punk uh, mentality <laughs> bring it I yeah. don't care screw you <laughs> all right uh Next song is a minute and 34 second little ditty. Here is Coming Clean. And this is really about just what it says, coming clean. So 17 and coming clean for the first time. I finally figured out myself for the first time. I found out what it takes to be a man. Now mom and dad will never understand what's happened to me. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty punk rock, you know, being, a, being a, a, a druggie in high school.
1: Well, I think you missed the mark because this is actually about... Uh... This is uh, about his bisexuality that he was that he was finding in himself. Oh, this song is okay. actually, I think, I got a lower score because he, now there's a anytime a closet is referenced, you have to look, a look look about there. But there's also some of those lines about figuring out myself and mom and dad aren't going to understand. I mean, obviously his parents are from a generation yeah they wouldn't and his father died when he was ten. But I mean, they're from a generation that would fi- you know find that not to be acceptable. Um, but yeah, this this is almost too personal. When I looked at the lyrics, um, it's a, it's a very, it's a struggle. And, a, and, and, and like I say, I read something in another article. I think it was it referenced his article from the advocate where he, where he confirmed what I had already discovered from looking at gotcha. the lyrics, but okay. it's a very okay. personal song about, 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 some, about these, you know, his sexuality, discovering, you know, his sexuality and
0: things about his sexuality. Yeah. So the couple articles I read was, this was about, drug addiction so interesting um you and i were not reading the same articles definitely i
1: agree this also i did want to mention i got it on my notes here is this does have a very um this song at least musically almost could have appeared on american idiot it has it definitely has kind of a future feel okay of some of the some of the melodies that are used in american idiot i can see that
0: all right uh i gave this a six how about you uh, i gave it a nine okay um, all right, so in keeping keeping with uh, the, the, the little uh, run of punk rock-length songs, here we go. Here's the one-minute and 43-minute ditty. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce this. Is this... Uh... Amenius Sleepus. Okay. Uh, and
1: the only reason I know is because it took me about seven tries to get Alexa to play.
0: <laughs> all right, here we go. Here's uh, wh- what he just said. <laughs> What, what do we got here? So the, the, uh, the, the lyrics written by Mike Durnt, um, that was one of the, the things that I, I picked out of this. This is a little bit different song because it's not a Billy Joe song. This is a Mike, Mike song. What, what do you got for me?
1: Uh, yeah, this is why Billy Joe Armstrong is the uh, majority, the vast majority songwriter. Uh, this song lacks energy and cleverness. Um, and his theme is pretty standard growing up, leaving friends behind. Um, but yeah, he, he I don't understand the name, uh, but that's, that could be said with lots of rock songs, but I just felt that this lyrically, uh, he's not on par with Billy Joe Armstrong. No.
0: And I, and I've been saying this wrong all week because I kept, I kept thinking that it was like Eminence Front. By the who, and so I completely butchered this uh, this uh, title. All right,
1: Well, Like I say, I I struggled to get Alexa to recognize it. That's how I know that I finally got it right.
0: Yeah. All right. So I gave this a three. I gave it a okay. two. We're on. We're definitely on the home stretch here, and I will say this: this album does not end very well. <laughs> that is an under. Well. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah to say All right. the least. So, uh, so next song is also called "In the End." Notes about this, so I'm hoping that you're going to carry me on this particular song. What do you got?
1: Well, yeah, I like the sentiment. The sentiment is, I I hope she's miserable. You know what? <laughs> and but it's pretty generic. It's not his strongest work. Um, it, it's only slightly better than than what Mike Dirt and Trey Cool were able to put together. Um, it's got the same kind of standard uh, punk rock pace, but like I say, this one lyrically. Um, almost, I, I mean, maybe they felt like they had to have 14 songs and a hidden track. And that's why this one made it. I, I think that this one could have, I mean, I would have, I would have kept it over Amen- Amenius, many, uh, sleep and all my, all by myself, but those are the only, the only two songs yeah, that it's better. than. Right.
0: So I gave this a two, I'm assuming you're giving this a three. I gave it a three. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap this up so technically if you're listening to the cd there's only 14 tracks however if you're listening to this on spotify there's 15 because this 14th track also had a hidden track at the end of it so this song actually ends at two minutes and 50 seconds and then well we'll we'll talk about the 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 hidden track here in a minute so this is f-o-d
2: It's all said and done It's real and it's been fun But was it all real fun Let's do the bridge we torched Two thousand times before This time we'll blast it all to hell I've found this burning In my guts now for so long
0: Is it my listening to the song that it seems like the vocals are really much lower than the previous songs or was it just the recording I was listening to at the beginning? Was that intentional is there, or am I just thinking too much in terms of production?
1: Yeah, I didn't even, I didn't notice anything like that. I, I, I noticed, I, I didn't like the acoustic front part of the song. Um, and I even liked it less once I heard, once the back end kicks in and he, he's basically saying the same lyrics, but he's, but they've, they've electrified it. Um, I wonder if, it, if they had gone the whole way like that, if it might've been a better song. Um, but this is once again, I, I don't know which girl, if it's, if it's the same one from she and Sassafras roots, but once again, um, you know, we keep getting back together and it ends up being a sh- crap fest and then off we go and let's, you know, let's just nuke this whole thing and keep it from happening. Um, I like that he uses the F word, but other than that, <coughs> Uh, it's not spectacular. Yeah, and if
0: you can't if you can't figure out that the initials of FOD that's actually F off and die is really what the the sentiment on this. Again, going back to my talk about the the explicit lyric warning on Spotify, this is not listed as explicit on Spotify. Um, apparently, uh, when you use the abbreviation of F, that is not. I guess it's it snuck not a one score. past. Him. Yeah. They snuck one past them. So, um, I did, I did like, I did like this song. Uh, this kind of grew on me as the week, uh, week progressed. I gave this a seven. What you got on your score? I gave it a four.
1: Cause like I say, when I would listen to it, I don't, they hadn't, they hadn't really worked out that acoustic thing that would come along on, uh, time of your life. um, and then when he plays it at a more punk rock, you know, they electrify it and they play it at a faster tempo. It, it just makes me feel like well, I, I think they should have just tried that for the whole thing, and and maybe they did, and I don't know if they were trying something new or it just didn't work for me. But I think the right. back half of the soft, I, the back half of the song where they electrify it, I just wonder if the whole, if they'd have done that the whole way through, I, I, I where it would be on my list.
0: Yeah. Okay. Alright, so for the sake of the scoring We're going to view this next song As track number 15 It's a hidden track And it sucks Here we go This is uh, this is All By Myself
2: I was alone I was all by myself No one was looking you. Oh, yeah, did I mention I was all by myself? All by myself? All by myself? All by myself?
0: So this was written and performed by Trey house. Cool starts out at 4 minutes and 7 seconds on FOD if you're listening to the CD. Um, it's not good. And look, I, I get they were trying to throw Trey a, a bone since all of the songs on here are, you know, they're Billy Joe songs with the exception of uh, the one Mike song. So here you go, Trey. We'll throw you on as a hidden track, but we know that you're not even, this song is not even good enough to be listed on the CD. Is that this track? This track should have been hidden better.
1: Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is terrible. Like he's a drummer for a reason. He's a phenomenal drummer. I think that he was the, the missing piece to this band that propelled them into, you know, one of the, at, at one point, like in the early two thousands, probably the biggest band in the world. Um And he's, he is a huge part of that. But boy, stay behind the kit. Get a mic. Get the microphone away from him. Don't don't let him ever
0: do this again. <laughs> Agree. Agreed. All right. Not even going to talk anymore about this. All right. So let's go to our scoring. I think we know what our number one song was. So you gave it a thirteen. I gave it a fifteen. Average score of twenty one point five is she? Yeah, that uh, smoked the competition. So next song it, with an 18 and a half was pulling teeth and we've got a tie we've got a tie for um, for third with basket case and welcome to paradise and then rounding out our top 5 with an average score of 17 and a half that would be longview so yeah there we are
1: yeah and I just want to say like say This was one of the things that um, I've always believed and I actually saw it referenced in that Behind the Music is Nirvana came out. Nirvana was the thing, the biggest thing in the world. And A&R guys hit these punk clubs and these small independent punk labels trying to find the next Nirvana. That's what they were looking for when they found Green Day. Not that that's what they ended up with, but but like I say, there's, there's bands out there today that are, that are definitely uh, products of the fact that Green Day became one of the biggest bands in the world and everybody was out there trying to sign the next Green Day. And so we ended up with Sum 41 and Good Charlotte, um, Blink-182, Fallout Boy, all these bands that were in that, you know, were trying to... It's just like what I said, you know, with the Seattle scene. If you were a band in Seattle in 93, 92, you got a record contract. They were handing them out. And it was the same kind of thing happened to these punk rock clubs when green day hit, um, they were going around and, and handing out, uh, record contracts. Yep.
0: Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, I don't even know what we're revisiting next week. I mean, we've been, we've been teasing Dookie for like the last month and a half that we're <laughs> going to do this. So, and so what's, what's going to be our next joke? Cause that's been kind of our inside joke for like the last month of what episode are we going to talk about next week? It's going to be Dookie, and then we decided to do something else. So, any ideas? Yeah, you ruined it. I I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. I mean, we can just
1: say something and then uh, see what happens. I know we got live at Budokan on our list by Cheap Trick. Maybe that'll be the new. Cheap Trick is always getting underappreciated and never never fully getting uh, recognized. You know what I think
0: I'm going to do? So, we've recorded this episode. I may not edit it until September. (laughs) <laughs> perfect uh that's perfect. punk isn't wake, that punk wake me up when september ends <laughs> absolutely all right let's uh let's wrap this up so just uh, just as a reminder we are on the social media we're on instagram using the hashtag records revisited podcast um i've been manning the facebook page as well so that's records revisited podcast And, um, please review us on iTunes. We, uh, we, we need some, we need some love on the iTunes, uh, reviews. So, so please do that. Um, and we're still thinking about doing some kind of, uh, giveaways for, for people who are actively promoting us. Um, so please, please do that. Tell a friend, uh, we would, we would greatly appreciate that. All right. Should we wrap it up? Let's do it. All right. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are
2: out. out.